It's for a pin day. Welcome back to Certified Bucket Boys Podcast. A um, little bit of a new intro here because um, we are down to a two-man machine. Uh, Ehaka is still here with us. He's in the background uh, working behind the scenes, producing the show, uh, but he's no longer um, going to be up front on the mic with me and Tom sadly um maybe that will come back later in the future you know once we hit ten thousand followers um he'll be back for that sort of clout um and fame <laughs> wouldn't be surprised um but yeah anyway so that's what we've sort of been working through the last three weeks with our um sort of hiatus we had uh, but now we're back um after that special last week me and tom back on the two-man gig um so we're ready to rip into it so it sort of gets the rebrand, I guess, out of the way. Tom, tell me how you're going. How's the last week been treating you? Yeah, good. Just, you know, chipping away at work. Uh, seven seven working days left. Um, that's just been that's been great. You know, it's it's a good time of year. Spirits are high. Everyone's ready for the holidays. Um, still working hard, though. I feel like a lot of people in my position aren't. Not throwing <laughs> anybody under the bus at all, but, you know, it's... Some people just kind of wind down and you know, but still still cracking hard into into the into the mahi, if you will. Uh social sports been going well. We actually picked up our that's our first legitimate netball win, wasn't it? It was, was our, our second. Le- well, I, I think the default because the other team was scared is legit. Yeah, but, that's legit. Yeah. You're right. Yeah, so that was exciting. Um it was a great team effort, you know. Everyone played real well. Just I think we're finally finally starting to live up to that potential that everyone saw of us being like a, a juggernaut, you know. Um, <laughs> then uh, oh, Wednesday basketball, that was, I don't know about you, but it, I, I found it a really fun game. It was just, you know, it was, it was like a, it's hard to describe. It was a kind of physical but not physical, just like bodies were, bodies were bumping, but like in a friendly way. and Yeah, a bit more close to like a... A club game rather than a social yeah, game. Yeah, it was good energy. Um, I've kind of just, I don't know, really know if you've noticed the last few weeks in Wednesday basketball, I just kind of refuse to shoot the ball now. I just, I'm just wheeling and dealing, throwing like 40 no-look passes a game. Are you killing um, it on the no-look, so. Um, I just, yeah, especially when we rock up late without, if I haven't touched a basketball or shot it, I just feel like my depth perception's way out, like, I'm guaranteed to shoot an air ball on my first jump shot, you know? So it's tough. Yeah. You gotta be I ready to catch and make in this team as well. Eh? Gotta take your opportunities. No, I was just driving and I'll, I'll pump fake drive and throw a no look past the corner, you know. That's that's the way to go. I think I was on the bench with Rich in like the third quarter and you throw a no look and he was like, Has he looked on a pass he's thrown today? I was like <laughs> I don't think so. Eh? Yeah, I actually um I actually don't think I did throw one pass on Wednesday looking. Some of them were like real dusty. Maybe, no look. maybe a backcourt one off a rebound. Yeah, no, probably something like that. Nothing yeah. in the half court. Nah. There was even one like chase down an O board. At, like in, um, Aaron was in the corner and it was just kind of like a wee pop no look. <laughs> like mm. it was just so unnecessary. <laughs> but just, just having fun with it, you know? Um, but yeah, it's, it's kind of kind of all that's been happening with me what about yourself yeah pretty similar you know um 
circling back to that the netball win mm. probably uh deserves a bit more light here you know we've sort of dragged the listeners through the uh, downs of the season so far and they should probably be here for the ups um listen it was it was a fill-in team but it was a fill-in team of six people that knew how to play indoor netball um and we're a, we're a side of uh people we're we're an actual team but we're an actual team of nobody that knows how to play so i still think they had the upper hand plus we versed them before um the same fill-in team um we, and we lost to them pretty heavily this yeah. time we just got out to like a real fast start the energy was high um and i think they were sort of like overwhelmed by it and their heads like they dropped were. real quick and yeah. we yeah, got out to a double figure lead held on for the whole game um so that was yeah real promising could be a, a shift to seven aside um i think that might be on the cards i don't know i i have heard uh in the inner circles of indoor netball here that seven aside uh competitions are a lot deeper um and a lot more social so could be a bit bit more fun for us um yeah and yes yeah, it's, it's 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 good to get a w um it's good to be in a competitive game let alone get the w so really enjoyed it this week um other than that pretty quiet week until you know friday night when we were playing a bit of call of duty um and then a real life war started happening outside some fucking hooligans driving down the road heaving fireworks at our houses um one hit our front window directly and exploded um laura was downstairs got the living uh oh god got the shit scared out of her i should say um almost literally but not quite um yeah brought her to tears she's not a fan of fireworks in general um and it was like i had a headset on in a game of shipment you know full blast <laughs> you imagine the noise coming through and i still got a fright and it was loud um but yeah just a couple of hooligans eh? and then last night i was lying in bed and buddy heard them again i heard the car squealing heard the fireworks going off like one by one must have been just around the corner i was like oh, man, these guys are eh? these guys anyway um yeah not not great not great to see in the neighborhood you know we move and sort of rounded out rounded out my week um yeah i guess we'll we'll rip into uh what is usually certified not certified now but you know due to all the rerun and we sort of uh forgot to do this um you know followers of the instagram maybe saw me chuck a post up um what is now about an hour and a half ago as we're recording to try get some Uh, but the loyals obviously hadn't been on and checked and posted anything so we had a couple of shit suggestions from somebody that's probably not going to listen to the podcast, so I can say that. Um, although one of them, I guess, Tom, you did want to uh, um, react to, so I'll say that. And that's um, following on from last week's sort of Christmas attire on Christmas Day is matching pajamas uh, for your whole family. You weren't a fan of that. Yeah, no. Nah. As I was saying, yeah, I'm not not certified on it at all. Um, and I was I was making a reference to it just really screams like the like middle western uh, white American family, you know, the the type of family that all owns guns. Um, you know, they they're not a fan of certain people moving to their neighborhoods, 
and they'll take the they'll take the photo and they'll they'll have like a one hand on the shoulder and the wall will sit up a up a staircase, all in matching Christmas pajamas, and that's what that screams to me. Um, I'm just not really a fan of matching in general, like like when couples if they go to an event they match. Don't really like mm. that either. Yeah, no, it's probably fair enough. I, yeah, I guess when you say matching pajamas, Christmas Day pajamas. That sort of yeah, Midwest American family sort of meme comes to mind. Um, but you know, I'm partaking in this um, this year, reluctantly. Never been a fan. Um, but you know, now as a father, not that my uh, boy is even going to know what's happening. We're still doing it. Um, so maybe we get one photo that you know Laura can look back on and just be happy. You know, maybe it's a few brownie points for me for doing it. Um, and then there will just be, you know, a few more dollars spent on the, uh, on the pokies when we go over to magic ground, um, I sort of, yeah, we'll connect those dots. Um, but anyway, to replace certified, not certified, um, we've got our first, uh, sponsorship deal, um, for the podcast, legitimate one. I know we always say we have one, but a legitimate <laughs> one here. Um, and it's a new segment called the very random question. Um, and it's brought to us by Anti-Drip, uh, which is a gym towel uh, business um, run by a couple of friends of ours. Um, they do some cool designs on there um, and they both, you know, um, put the product to the use themselves. You can check it out on Anti-Drip NZ on Instagram. Uh, they've got some workout videos there as well as some uh, photos and other videos um, around the product. So also, Justin, stay tuned. But half the press, we may have a giveaway with anti-drip. So stay tuned. Wow, that's crazy. That would be huge uh, for the followers. Um, so yeah, give them a follow on Instagram, uh, anti-drip.nz, um, and tell them uh, we sent you. Um, anyway, so the very random question of the week is, uh, from uh, if you started from age five um, practicing a sport, by now, what sport could you be representing New Zealand in? Anything, anything off the top of your head, Tom? Um, I found this question quite difficult because I feel like it's always easy to go the route of trying to find a sport that you know pays real well and be like, yeah, let me, let me be like, yeah, from age five I've ripped into this one and now I'm a yeah. successful millionaire in this sport. But I thought I'd kind of go off my own back in here. Like, I mean, basketball, I'm not. Like, I'm tall here, relatively, but I'm not tall enough to probably make the NBA. Um, I don't really have the body type for it. You know, like, obviously, I'd be more in shape if I was fully an athlete like that, but I feel like I'm having more of a body built for a contact sport. That's kind of where I went. So, yeah, um, I went down the lines more of a um, rugby league, um, mainly because I prefer rugby league now, but... From a, from a young age, I was always pretty good at touch. I had pretty good um pretty good ball playing skills, and just it's a, I'm always always loving a, a ball player in the NRL. So I kind of thought, you know what, I likened myself to if I did it from age five, I feel like I'd be representing the Kiwis at um at number thirteen. So I'd be a be a lock forward in the NRL. I reckon that's a real good shout out, especially like if you take it back ten years or so to when you're finishing school, and you've been let's assume you've been representing um, sort of age groups, sides, 
you know, the last four or five years um, and how like untapped the talent was here. Mm. If you had been like picked up as like one of these couple guys coming out of the South Island, you'd probably, you know, have made it, which is, mm. um, yeah, it's quite a realistic answer, I reckon, especially for somebody that comes from a rugby background like yourself. Yeah. Um, you know, just a small skill change, but then you're yeah, working from five to get there. I reckon it's a real possibility. Good answer. And yeah, like on the basketball thing as well, like, yeah, we play, but like just knowing, like, you just still don't even have like the, the height or the athleticism to even like compete. <laughs> yeah. And I think I forgot to say one thing as well. Like, I don't really have, MBA is like a real like fast twitch fiber. Mm. Um, and I just don't have that fast twitch fiber in me. So I just wouldn't be a very good NBA player. Yeah. I sort of looked at it as like, uh, like what individual sport could I do? I was like, oh, tennis. I was like, yeah, probably not. Like, even if I started from five, like, there's a lot of people that probably start from five and still haven't cracked it. Like, not a big tennis nation. I thought maybe golf. Um, and I was like, yeah, sort of the same line as tennis. And it's, you know, you got to be real, like, competitive. Um, like, it could probably end up on like a, you know, like a tour that's not the PGA or like the ferry and still make money. But to represent New Zealand in golf, you got to go to the Olympics. So then you're like, got to be one of the best in the world. So it's like, oh, probably not that. And then it took me back to like the, the body type thing. Um, I was like, well, obviously can't play basketball professionally. Um, but one thing I always got told I would probably be good at um, was rowing based on the body type, you know, like the big, the broad shoulders, big arms. I was like, well, mm -hmm. Maybe if I was, you know, starting, like, you know, put everything into it from age five. Because the thing I look back on it now is that you've got to be so fit to do rowing. But you've got to remember doing it from five, you're probably going to have that fitness all the way through. I was like, mm. I reckon that would be be my option, you know. Maybe a, make the Olympics at, uh, for New Zealand and rowing. No interest in it, but <laughs> take me back. I reckon that's the answer, the rowing. I am... Um... I don't know why, but I had a f I just thought maybe you might like slip an F1 driver in there. <laughs> Bro, those guys are like fucking 65 kgs. I wouldn't yeah. even fucking get a leg in the car. <laughs> That's true. And I feel like, yeah, if you start at a young age, uh, you know, you're probably getting pushed by a parent and you might, you know, like you said, you probably would be a completely different person. As a, I mean, it's easy from the outside as not being a father and it's like, but as a father, do you think as um, your son gets older, are you going to kind of try to push him into sport and kind of do the old Serena Venus Williams father figure to him? Or I, I do think about it a bit. Like the more like, I want them to be into sport, um, preferably like basketball, but if that's not for them, like I'm not going to push them to do that specifically. But I will like push and encourage them to – do sports in general as will laura um maybe like different sports that she grew up doing but yeah as long as they have some sort of like sporting gene in them then i'll be mm -hmm. i'm not won't be unhappy if they don't but that's what i'll you know encourage them to do but yeah there will be you know basketball hoops junior basketball hoops bought it probably the first birthday so there will that's, be some sort of encouragement there that's kind of yeah that's where i was you know you're getting them out there at when he's three years old and just shooting hoops. I remember that kid used to be on YouTube called like Titus or something. 
Is that the one that went on Alan? Yeah. And he was yeah, like, he was money, bro. Effort bucket. That, yeah. Somebody, oh man, real untapped like TikTok potential here. You know, the ones where it's like, um, Steph Curry back then, and then it'd be like Steph Curry now. But you go back yeah. and just, it's just like five years ago, it's a video of that kid just making buckets. Then it'd be like, oh, <laughs> Titus, <man>. yeah. <laughs> or Titus yeah, then and Titus now, but Steph Curry. But yeah, good job. Um, TikTok. Don't think we have the, uh, capabilities of making that though i've always i've always said that i if i had have a son that i'll i'll really push them into sport and i'll i'll, I'll take the old venus serena williams route with them get them out there at 4 a.m you know well sport um, like just um changes their life though you know like the social aspect of it just make yeah. so many friends through it whether like even now like just um having a common interest in like the nba you know mm-hmm. that just like I have like relationships built around NBA with people that don't play basketball, but mm. it's the NBA. It's like the connection, but yeah. So I just think, uh, um, just an interest in sport in general, just, you know, makes, makes life a lot easier growing up, um, socially and stuff. So hugely encourage it. Imagine most people would agree. Yeah. Like, so I guess that wraps us up for uh, the very random uh, question of the week. Uh, once again, sponsored by Antidrip. Um, go check them out, AntidripNZ on Instagram. Thank you to them. Um, so now we're going to wrap into the – or do you want to talk about um, the Kurt uh, Capewell news? You want to touch on that? Oh, yeah. So I was saying it earlier, you touched on that a little bit. Um, one thing I've been kind of, I uh, spoke to my um, dad about it a little bit yesterday. I'm just, I'm interested to see kind of where Kate Well will fit. Like you think from the outlook, you'd be like, all right, he'll slip into edge and you'll just go him and near Corey because they're our two highest paid players. Oh, not highest paid, but you don't, they'll, they'll be the two highest paid edges. Um, but, you know, like Jackson Ford had like an unreal season last year. So I just feel like it's, it's pretty, um, like it's pretty unfair just to slip Capewell in there and, you know, take Ford to the bench. Like, I don't know how how much impact Jackson Ford will have off the bench. But then again, it's like, if you put Cape, I don't think, you know, Capewell should be a bench player coming to the Warriors. But Capewell can play edge. She can play a bit of middle as well, kind of as you've seen with um, Mitch Barnett, you know. He's kind of taken that role a bit. Yeah. Um, so, I was, I imagine, yeah, I was interested to see where he'd fit. I imagine Capewell has been promised a starting spot. Yeah, um, there's no other no reason it would come otherwise. I think yeah, you said it would be unfair um, for Ford to move to the bench, but that's the nature of professional sport, isn't it? It's unfair yeah. at times, and I think he'll be the one to um yeah to take that that bench spot. I don't like going off last year. I mean, there's plenty of opportunity to um get into the starting side week in week out. Especially if Capewell bounces back, you know, he'll be in um he could be in the Maroons camp. So there's sort of three weeks opened up right there if he is in that. Um, but yeah, like injuries and rotations and, and whatnot, you know, Nia Corey might fall out of form a little bit or you know, Ford got that spot by training hard, um and being a better defender than Curran. So there's still opportunity for him. So uh I like the depth it adds though. It's definitely an upgrade on Curran, you know, as it's sad to see him go, but Capewell's a guy that's played international footy, rep footy. So mm. you take those yeah. whenever you can. I think the one thing with like 
with Curran is I think he was he was a real big figurehead during those like real dark days of like the COVID times. Like yeah, you know, then there was the, those calls. I think was that first breakout year he had when I think Harris was injured, and he was playing that um thirteen role. And you know, there's all the talks of like, oh shit, he's going to make New South Wales Blues here. You know, yeah. And he just it was a real bright spot in a real dark time. So I think that's kind of where that whole current love for the fans came from. Yeah, and as well, he's he's the sort of player that stands out on a bad side. Um, and then because of his energy. Yeah, and then in the yeah. reverse of that, he's the sort of player that stands out negatively in a good side because of his defense. Yeah. Um, and when you're losing each week, um, sort of like 30, 35 or 36, 12, you know, as we were during those COVID days, you know, and when he creates a try or an opportunity here and there, that sort of, you know, highlight a lot more than like seven missed tackles because everybody's missing tackles. Yeah. But when when you're in a good side and those missed tackles drop dramatically and you're still up there six, seven a game, but everybody else around you is dropping, it, you know, stands out a lot more. And I think that was the major issue for him. But yeah, I think I, I, love I think the real sad to see him go. But the real tough thing for him is he's like a bit of a hybrid player. Like I, I feel like he's better in the middle, probably mm. like a thirteen. But he runs those like real good like kamikaze edge lines. Yeah, I reckon like I reckon yeah I reckon he runs one of the best. Well, he did off Sean Johnson, kind of like what um I always get the the names because of Nikora, but Nikora for the Sharks when yeah, SJ Nikora, played there, yeah. he ran those like real good like he comes off his line and he just like cuts back in slightly and just yeah. runs like a real hard line. I think I reckon Curran did that real well. Um, but I I reckon he'll play thirteen for the Bulldogs there. Because it was that, yeah. I mean, could play anywhere there. Like those, who knows what their forward pack. It was that fire. Um, what's his name? Mato- I mean, Fatala Mariner. Yeah, Fatala Mariner. Yeah, he played thirteen last year, right? Yeah, he played a bit of thirteen. Um, yeah. Who else played thirteen? Corey Waddell, I think, played a bit of thirteen, but he's oh, gone yeah. now, I believe. Um, yeah, he, no, he could definitely play thirteen because I think um, Preston and Kickow will probably play the edges yeah the edges. although i have heard preston could probably play in the middle he's a bit of a workhorse to be fair so he wouldn't be bad there big guy as well big body yeah um but yeah we don't really want to talk about the bulldogs in depth no <laughs> at any um, point of the year but yeah i think there was always calls for i think we we're one we we're one middle away from being like mm. a legit, like last year, if we, I think if we just had that one more middle, like real legit middle, I think we we're a contender. Capewell mm. kind of doesn't fully fit that role, but he can. It's a forward. And yeah. Just, yeah, quality forward. And like, he hasn't been great for the, the Broncos since he went there, but I feel like he doesn't really fit their system that well. They're real, like, kind of high paced, a lot of halves to wing play. Yeah. They don't really rely on the edges too much. Like you look like Jordan Ricky doesn't do a whole lot for them. No. Um, yeah, it's sort of like those impact one-off players. Yeah. And I feel like Capewell's more of that. Kind of like when he played for the Panthers, he was just one of those like real busy players. So, And I think he'll yeah, fit us really well. Yeah, I would agree. I think he'll fit in nicely with us. Um, depending on what side he plays, I imagine he'll be over on the left. So Yeah. Whoever's at six for us, that'll be real handy for, especially if it's Luke Metcalf having somebody that experience playing outside him. Yeah, and it's 
I didn't even think about that. It could really tidy up that edge a bit more defensively between Metcalf and the the center yeah, pairing. That could be Capewell RTS out there outside of um Metcalf. Yeah. If that's the way it goes, and that'd yeah, that'd be huge. That'd that'd be an epic edge if that's the case. And then um Montoya or Cossi out there, either rotate pick. Yeah. Fuck. I just lots lot to look forward to. Yeah, I just want the season to start already. Eh? We've just got so many weapons now. <laughs> yeah, well, we're only um, two and a half months out of out from that preseason game here in Christchurch. Yeah, we need to get we need to get the CBB faithful all down there, pack out the stadium. Surely, one New Zealand and um, Otatahi events can uh, get together uh, with the CBB, and we can make something happen. I'm sure. Yeah, definitely. I'm, I'm sure something can happen there. Definitely. Yeah, let's get around it. Maybe all the podcasts of Christchurch just get together, you know, force something to happen. The podcast brethrens. Yeah, you know, right. Uh, that, that'd be sick, though. Yeah. Um, looking forward to that, to be fair. That'd be... It was good last year. I remember that day was um, it was about 27 degrees. Oh, it was a, yeah, it was a hot day, and we were we yeah, were, we were calling for Dylan Johnson to be dropped. <laughs> I remember I had that real hot take after the game that the Storm weren't going to make the eight. That's right. <laughs> they definitely weren't up to their usual standard, but they made the eight pretty comfortably, didn't they? So didn't get yeah. that one quite right. Uh, anywho, um, yeah, I guess that wraps wraps up the short we. Uh, National Rugby League uh, hit there. Not much news going on from the Warriors camp um, other than that uh, major storyline. So keep keep up to tabs with that if anything sort of uh, comes to fruition on that later in the year. But uh, for now, we'll move on to um, the, the NBA. Um, and we've just had the uh, round robin for the in-season tournament wrap-up. Um, and then I believe Tuesday for us here in New Zealand, um, the first of the quarterfinals uh, for the in-season tournament are happening. Um, if you aren't aware, the quarterfinals are the Lakers versus Phoenix in the 1-4 matchup, the Kings versus the Pals in the 2-3 matchup over in the West, um, and then Bucks, Knicks in the 1-4, Celtics, Pacers in the 2-3 in the East. So what are your, what are your sort of initial thoughts on... Who's going to take these games out? The one seeds and the two seeds have home games in the quarterfinals. So, what do you what do you reckon happens there? Um, I'll start with the I'll go with the West. I reckon Lakers Suns. I think the Suns have just been on a fucking tear as of late, and the Lakers have not been looking as very good. But there is talks that um we'll get Rui and um Vando back today so i think that's a really good sign for us um vando especially someone you can chuck at kevin durant yeah uh but still oh it's real hard to say you know what actually i'm gonna i'm gonna take the lakers because i think lebron's you know like i've always talked about he's one of those like those not taking away from him but he's he's a real narrative guy right and nothing nothing would look better than him winning the first in-season tournament so i reckon he'll play all out for that um, he definitely wants it. Yeah, so I'll, I'll take the Lakers there. Um, I just just on that, um, Devin Booker 
only played three games out of the four. Um, the one not playing was the loss to the Lakers. Um, so they came through as the wild card out of the West. Um, but then they went 3-0 and with Booker in the lineup. And they had a, he was plus 55 in the 99 minutes he played across those three games. Um, and I'm not sure you, if you saw it yesterday, but he didn't play. Um, he rolled his ankle again. Yeah, so I don't know if that's their next game or not. Um, but yeah, there'll be some question marks around him. Obviously, Beal's still out. Um, so, it, well, they are playing today. So we'll see. We'll see if he comes up there. Um, but if he doesn't play, then yeah, it could be a huge, huge shout to miss, which would definitely make the path easier for the Lakers. Yeah, that's yeah. I feel bad for the um the Suns a little bit. Eh? They just they can't seem to get get everybody healthy. No. It's funny, Nurkic no, is the one that's played every game and he's like the worst out of the four. Yeah, and I don't, I don't know. Big four, but... <laughs> I don't know what's going on with Bradley Beal. Like, is that... Yeah, I just really... What's going on there? It's, it's back injury. Yeah. It's just... It's an interesting one. You don't see too many back injuries in the NBA, so... No. Um, but yeah, and then Kings Pals... Um, Massive, massive Pelicans fan, so um, I'm going to take the pals there. On the road, Kings at home for that one. Yeah, and you, you, you know, what's the? Do you know what the stadium's called? Is it? No, that's the Pelicans. Smoothie, smoothie King. Smoothie, smooth, oh, Smoothie King. Oh, I was going to say that for um, Sacramento. Yeah. yeah, but that is the Pelicans. Um, no, but I'll give it a quick, quick, quick Google. Yeah, I mean that, that, the arena's always rocking, so it will be quite yeah, definitely tough. one of the best. I just think I don't know. I'm. A, I think the pals are just so deep. Like they like they run ten deep, especially now that old um, Cesar McCollum's back as well. I think that really helps them. And um, what's his name? I'm just thinking of Herb Jones, but the other wing, um, Trey Murphy. Oh yeah, shooter Trey Murphy. Yeah, yeah he's back now as well. So they yeah. run about they run about twelve legit players deep. To be fair, which can be an issue, but. And I think uh, just I think Zion's playing really well at the moment as well. Brandon Ingram's playing really well. Yeah. So yeah, I'll I'll take I'll back them. Yeah. Uh, the it's East, the uh, gold, golden one center. Golden one center. Okay, not as not as cool as the Smoothie King center. Nah, Smoothie King goes off. Um. Yeah, I'll, I'll take the Bucks in the East. As I kind of I don't know how you know if I said in the pod last week, but I was said to. I might actually. I said to you guys about the Bucks. Like, I know there's definitely some flaws defensively. They don't look great, but they can just score in multiple ways. And the Knicks kind of only have one, one guy, and that's in the fourth at least, and that's Jalen Brunson. Yeah. But then again, that's a guard, and the Bucks can't seem to guard point guards. So yeah, might last come time they did, Brunson had 45 on on them, didn't he? Yeah. So it might come down to a real. And he'll. I've noticed they've switched back a little bit to how they play. I know. I know. Early on, they were really trying to kind of hedge quite high with Dame and Brooke Lopez, especially on the screens. I think it worked well with Bobby Portis. But there are other bigs, and like Giannis doesn't really want to do that. And they've kind of gone back to the old drop coverage way. Yeah. And Brunson will just tear that apart because he's like a magician in the pick and roll, like pull ups. Yeah, we so, play the game. I reckon that'd be a real good game. I reckon it'll be a real old-fashioned shootout, that game. 
Yeah, Bucks. Um, on the Knicks specifically seem to play like the juggernauts in the East really well during the regular season. They're always good. Yeah, but like, I think they've versed the Celtics twice this year already. Both good. Um, that Milwaukee game, as we just just referred to, really good as well. So hopefully, I hope they have probably play off feel to the man. Eh? That'd be good. Yeah. Um, and then the other game, the Pacers. Boston, do you say? Pacers Boston? Yeah, yeah that's, Pacers that's Boston. The one. Um, I as much as I'd love for the Pacers to win because, you know, young team, I hate Boston. I just think Boston <laughs> are just they're a fucking juggernaut. Like they've got too many guys, so Yeah, they one match up, I think they won by fifty four. Did they? Fuck I think it was that. Yeah. It was like a hundred and fifty something to like a hundred. Like that's unreal. I think Halliburton was playing as well, or he might have been missing. Maybe he was out. Yeah, so, uh, and then we'll go back to the West. So I've picked Pals Lakers. I'll take the Lakers there. And that goes uh, to neutral. Does that go to neutral grounds? It does, eh? That's in Vegas. Is it the Final Four in Vegas? Yeah, I think it's Final Four. That's cool. I like that. And that's... That'll be Lakers heavy I want to say though. that's our, our Saturday and our Monday. Next weekend. Wait, so one game Saturday, one game Monday. No, the final I think is Monday, and the two semis are on the Saturday. Saturday. Yeah. So the whole, right. I'm pretty sure the whole NBA has this week off, except for that these eight teams. The whole week. Yeah. Yeah. Ah. Yeah, that was sort of. I assumed the whole like the rest of the league would just go on, but. Are you sure? That seems real random. Yeah. yeah it's... I was looking up some schedules um, it just yesterday, and it jumps from like the sixth to the thirteenth. There's no games. Oh, no, on. hang on. No, there's games on Thursday. Oh, maybe it was. Oh, it might have just been the teams I looked at weren't playing. Is it just so Thursday? Got... This games on. Yes, there's games Thursday, our Thursday, and then you've got the. Oh, so there's no games West. tomorrow. Nah. So there's no games Monday. Well, there was the in-season game. No, there's no in-season. The first, the first quarterfinals on Tuesday. That's, yeah. And then you got the second quarterfinals, and you've got games Thursday, semis Friday. Yeah. Our games Saturday. And then normal games Saturday. And then the championship game Sunday for us, so that's good. Ah, uh, right. Oh, okay, so fr- yeah, Friday, Sunday for us. I thought it was Friday, Sunday for them. That's yeah. good though. Um, but yeah, I think I think I'm picking Lakers Boston in season tournament final, and I think that's that's pretty poetic. I reckon. To I think the that probably... based on the eight teams left, you reckon the NBA wants that the most? Haven't had a Lakers Boston matchup since 2010. Yeah, I mean they're the most the two most storied franchises in the league. It's um, not the rivalry of old. No, this could be this could be the start of it. But know? yeah, it could be you know there could be a lot of storylines around you know like the rivalry of old and um you know they matched up in the finals this many times and now yeah. they're here in the end season tournament final and they yeah, definitely want they definitely want LeBron. Well, to be yeah. fair, you get either LeBron or KD in the semis, so yeah, it's it's pretty it's kind of full well for what the NBA probably wants. 
but yeah, so that's kind of where I'm leaning. What what are you thinking? I like I like the Lakers if Booker doesn't play. Um but we Booker's missed both matchups against us, hasn't he? Yeah. I think so. Pretty sure he has, yeah. So Yeah. I don't know how that'll look with Booker. Um I think Sacramento will beat the Pelicans at home. Sabonis have been really good in the tournament. Um, and they don't really have a big that can kill them. Valanciunas no. isn't really like that anymore. So, um, And they don't really have like those pick-and-roll guards either. So he's it's probably a more favorable matchup for Sabonis um, to work in. And then it'll be interesting to see what they do with Fox. They might have to play Alvarado a lot more. Um so I reckon I reckon Lakers Lakers um Kings good old rivalry there that we haven't had for years. Um and then I think the tournament probably suits the Bucks as they are right now. One game eliminator. Um defense doesn't really matter as much, so I'd take them to outscore the Knicks. And then yeah, I back the Celtics as well. But the Pacers, I reckon, are just the one team you do not want to verse in a single game eliminator because they could put 150 on your head any game. So I'd, I'd like the Pacers to go through. You know, I don't really like the Celtics either. Like some of the young guys, but what, yeah, I think it'd be cool to see the Pacers and Halliburton go through to to Vegas. See see if they can make some noise. But yeah, I saw. Um, the NBA, or Matthew Peterson specifically, uh, he's a a writer for NBA. Um, and I've been doing a in season tournament MVP ladder. I don't, I don't even know if that's an award, but um, I don't know either. Oh, it seems like it does here. It says the event culminates in a race for both the first ever NBA Cup. And the competition's most valuable player award. Oh. So I guess it is. Um, but they've got a top five plus some honorable mentions. Um, they've got Halliburton. Can I, can I, hang on, can I guess? One. Oh, you just said it. Well, <laughs> I haven't seen I it. Really you can guess the five. Guess, if you want. I was going to guess Halliburton number one, and then well, I've got guess. ten. They've got ten guys. They've got the five, and then they've got an honorable mention five. I'll guess. The, I'll guess the five. Yeah. Um, Halliburton. I'm going to go in order here. LeBron, um, Tatum 3, Dame 4, KD 5. No, so LeBron 2, got that right. Dame's actually 3. And then as I mentioned, Sabonis is actually 4. And then Booker also mentioned, they've given him the 5 over KD. Um, Katie's also he's Katie's actually two and one in the tournament. He missed the fourth game, so I guess that's why they've given it to Booker. I fear it's like it's hard to know. Like you know, Katie's missed like one or two games all year. You wouldn't know if that was a tournament game or not, but but it is. Um, I'll just give you some of the stats as well. Like Halliburton, twenty eight and a half a game, uh, thirteen and a half assists. Jeez. Um, that's just the major stats. And then LeBron, 25, 8, and 7, 4 and 0, obviously, same as Halliburton. Um, LeBron also 60% from the field. Pretty nuts. Um, 
and also in the tournament, 14 for 24 from three. Pretty outrageous for LeBron. Wow. Uh, Dame, Dame as well. I think they were... Were they four and one? I can't remember. Um, uh, three and one or four and I can't remember. Um, but Dame, yeah, was 29 a game, six and a half assists, shooting 50% from the field and from three. Uh, so bonus was basically 20 and 13 and eight with two blocks. That's um, a four and a, yeah. Yeah. And Dame's been real good in that time. Um, and then Booker, basically 31, eight assists a game on 55% from the field. So pretty oh, nuts. Then the honorable mention guys were Fox, who's been killing it all year. Shingoon, um, they just they just missed out by what I think they lost by five to the Mavericks, but it was basically a one position game until they missed the game tire and then it just fouls. Um and they would have gone through otherwise. And then Brunson, Butler and Ingram. So oh, yeah. I'm just yeah. looking at um the in-season tournament standings here. Can you guess which team has the best differential? Is it the Bucks? Nah, the Lakers. They're plus 74. Jeez. The next highest is the Bucks, and they're plus 46. Man, 74. That's wild. We, had... we have had a really oh. easy schedule, though. Suns yeah, it was funny because when it... When it when it came out, it was like, oh, you get the Grizzlies, um, but on paper looks tough. But that's just turned into something easy. Uh, we got Portland, but at the time they still had Dame, I think. Um, yeah. And then Phoenix is like, yeah, the big three. So then, who was the fifth team in our group? Can't remember. Suns, Jazz, Portland, Grizzlies. Oh, Jazz, yeah. And then Jazz haven't been much much of a threat this year. Everybody, they're probably underperforming, to be fair. Yeah. Weird to say, but yeah. I thought there was, it was probably, like at the time it was announced, it was probably like a three and a half team sort of group. And it sort of turned into a one and a half team group. Sun still made it through, so. Good enough. Um, any Any last... Last words on the in-season tournament? We're just looking forward no. to the finals. Yeah, looking forward to it. I think when it first got announced, I didn't really look too much into it. Um, it was very hard for me to follow, as I think most people kind of said. Um, now I really understand it, but I'm as most people are, I'm real pro it. Like it gets quite boring. This not boring because obviously the season's just started, so that's not really the right, right word. But it's it's not very interesting. I'd say the NBA this time of year. Um, so it's been really nice to have this and just to see the players give it their all. I think because yeah. I really, one thing that pisses me off heaps about the NBA is the rest and like body language and how little players care about certain things. So I just yeah. thought this was going to be another thing where they just didn't give a fuck. Yeah. And no, it's been the opposite. I look. Yeah. I hope it carries through every year. His teams like wanted to do it. I think it's, I don't know, you probably heard Doc Rivers on Bill Simmons' podcast talking about from like a coach's perspective. Yeah. Uh, they could use it to their advantage. They could be like, listen, if we're one of these eight teams, only eight guys are playing. You know, we play 10, 11 regular season games. 
but only eight guys are going to play in this quarterfinal. Um, so if you're one of the three that usually gets minutes, now you're not. That's sort of like a, hey, you got to you got to train better, you got to play better to get minutes when it matters most. So yeah, um, I like it in terms of like that aspect. It could really help the sort of fringe teams figure out their rotations as well. Um, especially the Pelicans with how many guys they have. This, mm. this is a good opportunity for them to sort of narrow that down. So, but even like us, because I f- still feel like, um, still feel like, our, like for the Lakers, I feel like our rotation still up in the air. And obviously injuries have kind of caused that a lot. Yeah. But yeah, it'd be nice to see kind of where we lie. Yeah, 100% agree. It'd be interesting if these guys coming back, if they get, get the game time here. Rui definitely, but Vando, he'll be, yeah. he'll be one to watch. Will you just throw him in the deep end straight away? I probably would. He's so good. So yeah let's say no there um yeah sort of rounds out the in-season tournament uh did you want to sort of we hit on the rookies yeah we can do a quick hit on the rookies before we move into that uh last thing um i don't have too a whole lot to say um i think one thing for me that i've been i was never really a big chet holmgren fan i'm never I never really buy into the hype of the real tall do-it-all bigs. Yeah. I just, we, I feel like a lot of NBA writers and especially the circle I kind of, I move in with my like content wise is like, you know, the ringer in all those places and they're quite like basketball nerds. So they really froth for this stuff. Yeah. Um, so I never, I never really bought into Chet too much, but I reckon hands down, he's got to be the front runner for rookie of the year. Um, obviously it helps having a better team than Wemby. Um, but I just, I'm like, yeah, just Chet has just really, he's really amazed me how well he's done defensively. And I love Bill Simmons has often talked about it, but I've noticed it too. Is like, he's not like, he's not soft. Like he gets pushed around a shit ton, but like you can see when he gets like bumped real hard, like there was this play, um, I think it was against the Knicks. Like just ran like fucking big boyed him hard and. Like it wasn't one of those highlights where, like, because Chet's been on a few where he's like fallen over because he's got big boy too hard. Yeah. But he got pushed to the block real low, and like Randall just like scored on a real easy. But you just saw like Chet's face, and he just looked like I'm gonna fucking kill this guy. Like I just <laughs> I don't know. I really I really like that about him. Yes, yeah, the the thing him and Wimby like they they still struggle to rebound because of their size. Like yeah, they're long and they're tall, but um, in the NBA you need. You need mass to be able to get down there and crash the glass. Like that's why Gobi is so good. He's like he's so long and tall, but he's also like he's like his shoulders are huge. You know. Yeah. Um. And yeah. Well, but then that's like a sort of like a counter to like if you get that big, it's a lot harder to shoot the ball, um, dribble the ball, and then defend mm-hmm. out on the perimeter. So sort of take what you can get. Um. Yeah, I probably agree with you that Chet. I think should be rookie of the year at this stage. Wimby's probably better stats-wise, but Chet's just behind him in most major um, statistical categories, but he's impacting a winning team. Um, So, yeah, regardless of who's around him, I think the fact that he's impacting a winning team means a lot. If he was, like, you know, putting up decent numbers on this team with a, a record like that, but he wasn't a major um, factor to their them getting these wins, then I would probably lean Wimby. But yeah, just what he's been doing, especially as a defender and like pick and roll, um, switching out on the perimeter. Um, 
I don't know if it was last weekend, they played like the Warriors with like three times within like a week and a half. But in one of the games, he got switched out on, I think it might have been Steph, um, and blocked a three. I was like, fuck, like there's plenty of guys in the NBA that, you know, will get scored on over and over and over on that move. Um, but yeah, as a rookie getting out there and blocking a shot like that, I feel like that shows shows a lot. Um, even though it's only one position, like it's those little things with the rookies. Um, and then, yeah, Wimby, like, I would hate to think what the Spurs would be like without him, eh? Mm. I know they don't win a lot of games, but God, they they just, I, I mean, I know Pop's just giving them like free reign. He's just, here's the offense, play to it. If you make mistakes, I'm not calling timeouts. Um, we're going to play like, you know, we've got to learn from our own mistakes. I'm not going to bring you guys to the sideline if you turn it over three times in a row and like grill the shit out of you. Is that, yeah. I don't think he sees that as like a learning opportunity. He wants them to like play through it, realize their own mistakes on the court. Um, sort of let Cal- Calvin Johnson seems to be like the voice of the team, sort of let him, mm. um, you know, be that on court leader, see if they can get better. Same as Wimby as well. I think, you know, the players talk about him like he is he's a leader within the team in the locker room as well. So just a lot of growing to do there. So it's two different sides of the scale for Chet and Wimby. Yeah, I think um, another. Another rookie, um, or last one for me that I've kind of been impressed with a lot is, as I said earlier, I'm a bit, bit of a Pelicans fan, so I watched a few of their games. Um, real impressed with their their rookie, um, you know, Jordan Hawkins. Yeah. Um, pretty pretty lights out shooter. And I think that's kind of exactly what that team needs. Um, it's just shooters, and yeah, he's. It would be good to see when Trey Murphy gets back. You know, whether both of them can be out there together. Um, but he's, yeah, he's, I'm just looking at stats here. He's 30, 38% from three for the season. Um, it really reminds me of Ray Allen, eh? Yeah. Pretty high click too. Um, yeah. Yukon legend, if you will, you know. I know <laughs> he's a bit of a legend. Won a national title. Yeah. I know there's people in the, in the conference. Well, I think Ehaka likes Yukon, talks about him a lot. Um, <laughs> But yeah, so that's another one. I'm really impressed with Jordan Hawkins. Yeah, I would agree. I'll just touch on one more as well, um, and that's Keonte George out in Utah. He's um, sort of been given the reins, I guess, now as the starting point guard. Um, and he's yeah, he's starting to do quite a bit with the ball. He's a real athletic sort of pass. I think it's sort of like a pass first sort of mindset. Um, sort of similar to like Halliburton in the way he can get a bucket anytime or he can try to get a bucket anytime. But um, that was like to set up his teammates as well. Um, and yeah, Sneaky Athletic had a big post the other day on Dyson Daniels. Um, and he's starting to really show something, something out in Utah. They've sort of yeah, given him the keys a lot earlier and I think uh, most people would have thought, uh, probably due to some injuries. But mm. yeah, I think he's impressed so far. Uh, they're still hanging around sort of where they were. So, I think I'll, I'll sort of sort of see him as a as a cornerstone, sort of at the, one of the two guard spots deep into the future. Sort of like what I see from him so far. So, yeah, yeah, pretty good draft class so far. Yeah, I've been pretty impressed. Yeah, Keontae George was another one. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Yeah. 
So, so sort of on that uh, line um, of these young stars, we've got a wee uh, top 10 list. Me and Tom have made ourselves. We don't know what each other have. Um, but the, the list is top 10 players uh, or who we think are going to be the top 10 players entering the 2028-29 season. So five years from now, who do we think will be? Let's say, you know, ESPN does the top 100 every year. Who do we think will be the top 10 on that list entering the 28-29 season five years from now? Do you, want, do you want to go first or do you want me to go first? Or um, I, was, I was thinking we could do. Have you, have, you, have you gone in order? Yeah, I've gone in order. Yeah, I reckon we just go back and forth because I've gone in order as well. Yeah. I reckon that'd be kind of interesting to do it that way. 10 um, to 1. Oh, yeah, we'll go 10 to 1. Yeah. Reverse order, sort of, yeah, save the... I imagine we'll yep. probably have the same number one, but... I think we probably do. Um, yeah, well, you, you go first with your number 10. All right. <laughs> I had a long list of... What do I have here? I've done... I have I have a list of 21 guys that I made, like, a short list of. Um and I narrowed it down to 10 and in an order. So my number 10, I've gone for Evan Mobley. Pretty, I don't, know, I don't want to say controversial because probably anybody on this list could be top 10 by then. But what I've seen defensively um, and on the glass this year from him so far has been a massive step up. And I think if you just give him five years to develop <laughs> one more post move outside of his hook and get his three-point percentage up, then... I believe he could be a top 10 player in the league. I think those are the two things holding him back now. But if if you're saying, you know, Mobley entering year eight has is now shooting 37% from three and he's got a couple moves in the bag in the post, I mean, what's stopping him from being a top 10 player at that point? Because we imagine Mitchell will be gone. It'll probably just be Garland and Mobley by then. So unleash him. Yeah. Yeah, fair. Um yeah, I think one thing that I reckon with these kind of lists is that, especially when ESPN did a few years ago, I reckon they go too too hot take with it. And I've I've tried to do a little bit of hot takes, but um, yeah, you anyway, you'll see where I go. Anyway, my number ten, um, kind of wasn't really sure where to go with this. Um, and there's this a, a young guy that's missing from my list that you'll see soon. But for my number ten, because I love him so much, I just thought I'll chuck in um, Singoon. Number ten, nice, yeah. Our pretty nice. Shingun. Um, I think for him, he's obviously taken a massive step up this year. A lot of people are calling him like the you know baby Jokic, uh, just because his his passing's real elite. Like he throws a lot of those. I know he had this real filthy one, and I think it was when he played the Lakers, he like caught it like real low of the post. Well, it was maybe offensive rebound. And I think Anthony Davis was guarding him, or just because there was a rebound, so it was pretty loose, and he caught it and then just throws like a nog behind the back bounce pass to somebody right under the hoop. Yeah. And it was fucking dime. But yeah, I mean, this year he's averaging 21 and 9 and almost six assists, 56% from the field. His three point percentage is 30%. Free throw is not great. But I think kind of what you were talking about with Mobley is I think his step ups could be if he can just get that three point percentage like a little bit higher, because you saw yeah. Lakers. Didn't really respect him, and I think defensively he's definitely made progress. But 
he looks he's got the body where he's kind of filled out a little bit this year. He's gotten taller this year. But he still moves quite well. So I think just if he kind of locks in defensively, he could just yeah, easily be a top ten guy. I got a defensive number for you for Shingun. Um mm-hmm. first Shingun is my number nine. So I yeah, agree massively with what, what you've said. Um but number defensively I have is last year he was uh two hundred and fifty seventh in defensive net rating. Um I mean, he was defending the backline of Jalen Green and Kevin Porter, which <laughs> makes it extremely hard. Um, now he's under probably the best defensive coach in the league with two of the or probably top 10 defensive guards in the league in Fred Van Vliet and Dylan Brooks. So obviously this helps, but he's up from 257th in net rating to 17th, which Jesus. is an outstanding jump. Um, yeah, like you say, he's got he's filled out quite a bit. He's not a rim protector he's he's a big body that you that makes it hard for you to get to the rim um and and having that big body he's got you know great footwork so he's got a real good base on him so he's good at boxing out good at keeping people away from the board um away from the rim so i think that's where he sort of does his work defensively um the other day they versed the nuggets and i think they really took the approach to just let Jokic cook they matched Jokic's minutes with Shingun. I think he played 42 minutes or something. Um, he had 39, um, but I think it was like, it was one of those games on paper, if you didn't watch it, it's like, fuck, Jokic killed him. But he played him so well that game. Um, I think they won by like 20, the Rockets. So, you know, when you, when you, I think they played to their game plan perfectly and they got a, a huge result there. Um, and that's just sort of something he can, he can do. So, yeah, yeah so I had him at number nine um yeah my my number nine um this is kind of where these next two are a little bit boring for me um but i think you kind of see people top 10 lists normally kind of look the same over quite a long period uh so yeah my number nine is Giannis. um yeah not wow not overly not overly exciting um nine that low you know he's only 29 yeah but still 34 like he's he's very you'll see you'll see why like i'm a next kind of list above i think actually to be fair i might put him at eight i'll switch him with my other guy but i'll come to that when i go to that guy i don't have a whole lot to say just just getting older i think he might be one of those guys who probably leave the bucks and he'll probably try to link up with somebody else so having the tandem kind of like what he's with dame now but having that tandem, I think he might just not be the same and just athletically he won't be the same. So that's kind of where I put him. Yeah. No. Fair. Sorry, I just shut the window. Getting a bit windy. Um, yeah, num- well, number eight, um, like you say on your previous one, yes, top 10 list sort of, they don't change that much. I think at the moment, the reason I wanted to do this was because this is probably the biggest changing of the guard. I think we've seen in a long time in terms of how like the top 10 right now is quite old and how quickly it could change in five years time. I think you, you sort of referred to it earlier. I think, I don't think it was ESPN might've been Bleacher Report did this top 10 in like 10 years. I think it was the Andrew Wiggins draft. Yeah. And they had Andrew Wiggins as like number seven or something. Yeah. It was like, like, I don't even think it was 10 years. It might've been five. It was like, God, that couldn't have been any more. Like incorrect because barely a top hundred player. 
Their um, list was horrible. Yeah. Yeah, I think they had Cat. Cat might have been number one or something as well. Like it was, he was outrageously high. Um, it's yeah, it's just like you, you don't know, and they, they sort of wrote off all the old guys. Like I don't think LeBron was like on the list, and KD might not have been on the list, mm. and they would have only been about thirty. Or LeBron was probably like thirty-five when that list was proje- predicted to be. Um, so yeah, in terms of that, I've got Booker here at my number eight. Um, I think he'll be um you know one of the two best shooting guards for the next five years this team sort of has probably a five-year window um in terms of with him and Beal. i don't know how long kd will last but yeah i think booker he'll he, he'll be in the top 10 for me come 28 29 i would assume or i would predict still is like a 30 a game scorer and if he's playing point guard as well nine assists again hard to go yeah go past those numbers um yeah so my number eight who i'll put Giannis at eight and put this guy at nine but who i originally had here i had um i had joel Embiid, and i wasn't i wasn't too happy about it but i just thought like five years like it's not a huge i don't it seems ages but like i feel like it's not that long and i just think the way he plays he hasn't been injured for ages he's not very athletic well, he is, but he doesn't play athletic, you know. Um, and you can you can see the way that Nick Nurse has changed the way he plays this year a bit more. He's yeah. become more of like an offense runs through and like he's become a better passer. And I think that's something that can, as he gets older, he get more comfortable at and he can probably impact the game that way. And he's still, he's a great, he's a great rim presence as well defensively. So I don't think he'll lose too much of that. Um, So yeah, put him there you know how i looked at him i don't have him in my top 10 but um i think he'd be fringe a lot like ad is now um yeah you know ad is an insanely good player but he's not a top 10 player in the nba according to most people depends who you ask um but i sort of see him along those lines like i don't think he'll be as dominant i think these years are probably going to take some toll on him by then you know he would have been pushing for like eight, nine MVP sort of type seasons. Um, as a guy that big, I don't think he'll be as dominant come mm. then. That's why I sort of thought he'd be, he's like an honorable mention sort of fringe guy for me um, for that reason. Uh, seven, I really struggled with. This honestly could have gone between three, anywhere between three and seven, um, but I got Tyrese Halliburton. Um, mostly for a lot of the stuff we just covered for the in-season tournament. Um, it's, it's definitely only upwards from here as well. Uh, it's, yeah, I'm not sure what more he could do uh, from now. Like, there's probably not much he can improve on um, in terms of numbers, like statistically, because if he's going to be averaging 27 and 12 for the next five years, you're probably not going to, you know, if you're going to average more points, you're probably going to average less success. So it's sort of balancing the scales there. Um, so I think it's just, and he's already really efficient, so I think it's just really about keeping that efficiency up, um, and then just being a winning, you know, sort of a winning point guard, which I think is something we don't see a lot with point guards since that Chris Paul was like the last like true point guard um, in terms of moving the ball over scoring the ball. But I think Halliburton's like the new sort of second coming of that, sort of like a 
Steph Curry hybrid Chris Paul. I think I think him and Garland are like that. I think Garland's a bit more similar to like what Chris Paul what, uh, was at his prime. Mm. And then Halliburton's sort of on like the Steph Curry side. So if that was like the scale, you know, Steph one side, um, Paul the other. Garland would be on the the Paul side, Halliburton slightly on the Curry side, I think. But they're both sort of like hybrid versions of those guys. Yeah. Um, my number seven is um, Luka Doncic. Wow. Um, I just, yeah, I think we've had a few years of him playing. I just, I don't like, really like the way he plays. And I don't think it goes to winning basketball. So I don't think there's a whole lot more he can do differently. Um, maybe if it becomes a, the roster's built better and he becomes more of a winning player, like titles-wise maybe, then he obviously would be high on the list. But I just think he's just going to float around this this five to eight range pretty much most of his career. I don't think he'll probably yeah. step up until he can prove that he can win. I think it just takes like he'll get one MVP in like three years' time and then he'll be seen as like the best player, I reckon. You reckon? Yeah. Um I just I don't think he's just he hasn't really changed in the last like two years, really. Like his position. He's got better this year. I think it's the team is definitely better. This is probably the best team he's played on. Um I see what you mean though. It's a sort of the James Harden thing like Harden statistically is like the best player in the league. He won he won two MVPs or just the one Harden? One. Just a one. And yeah, and you yeah. still wouldn't have considered him the best player. So I see yeah, I see where you're coming there, from. There might be a season, and maybe I'm wrong, it's in five years' time that's a season where he's really up there. But yeah. I just yeah, I reckon he's just gonna float too much. Yeah. I just preface sounds like I'm defending him like he's my number one clear favorite. I don't even have him number one. Um yeah number six for me i'll be the first to say it probably a bad thing um wimby <laughs> gotta be on here gotta be on here he's already fucking top 10 hot take no um he's definitely got all the tools and the toolkit to be a top 10 player so i don't think there's much to be said about him it's just if he can stay healthy make it all work I like how we say, like everybody says, if he can stay healthy, like he has some history of injuries, but yeah, like he hasn't he hasn't had one yet. It's just it's just the type, isn't it? Those tall, lanky, big centers, they just never stay healthy. Um, but if he can, everything's there for him to be a top ten player. So it's not even a hot take. It's probably a hot take having him that low at number six. I don't even have him on my list. That was the oh, one I was wow. referencing to. I just okay. I, I mean, you look, you look at people that are in the top ten now. Like all of them have passed their fifth year in the league, other than like Luca. Yeah. Um, that's what I mean in terms of the changing of the guard, though. Yeah, I just, I don't know. I just think it's probably made. He could be on the fridges. He he could be like I'm not shooting him down at all. I just think to be a top ten player, you need dramatic difference. You got to be a winning guy for one. And, you know, obviously first year you can't say he's not a winning guy, but it's just, it takes a lot to build a roster. You know, it doesn't yeah, happen over a couple like, seasons. If you go back through the last, like, however many top 10s, how many times has there been a a player on the top 10 list without five years experience? And you look like... Probably Luca, right? That'd be about yeah. it. Yeah. 
And there's somebody coming up on my list that I believe this is his fifth year in the league now. And you know, there's already calls for him to be in this kind of list, but people still aren't sure because you've got these guys that have the history. And, and I know like what you're saying is kind of changing the guard, so maybe this would be a bit different. But yeah. the player that I'm talking about now probably isn't in many people's list because he needs to just kind of prove. Like if he does something this year, then people are like, yeah, hands down, he's top 10. Yeah. I kind of feel like that could be something like that. I think I know who you mean, and I also have him coming up. Um, yeah, so anyway, my number six is um, Jokic. Um, bit of a fall-off, obviously, because now he's considered, obviously, the number one in the league by far. But in five years' time, you know, he might be... How old would he be in five years? Is he going to be... Is he 28 now? 29? Uh, um, I think he's 29 as well. So five years' time, he'll be 34. Um, obviously, his game, he can age well. So he's 28. 28. Uh, so not, he can... Not really. It's not he can, really relevant. He can age. Obviously, he'll age well, but it's whether or not he cares enough to want to keep going. He could be the type of guy that retire early. And that's, yeah, that's exactly what I thought. It's mainly because the guys I have ahead of him, I've kind of gone just more like. There's a couple of guys in there I've gone real like hot take with. That's why I put them up there. So that's yeah. yeah why I've got Jokic six. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't have Jokic on my list at all. He probably like I was torn between either one or not on the list for the reason you said. Like he could so easily be retired, or just doesn't care enough to be a top ten player. Like he could still be such an impactful winning guy. But I'm looking at this. Player. I'm looking at this podcast comments, and I better see if I could keep that same energy. Eh? <laughs> He's coming at me about fucking Wimbenyaba, who's played twenty games. Luka Jokic, was the first one. <laughs> Jokic, who is like the clear-cut favorite in the league to be the best player right now, hands down. People have said, I liked it was on Bill's podcast where they said there's never been a margin quite like LeBron's heat year, and I fully yeah. agree. And you've just said he's not on your top 10 and Ehak is just quiet about it. Yeah, but I gave you a logical reason. Fucking favoritism, eh? I see. I'm not mad at you. Be, you'd either be not number one or not on my list. Not mad at you. I'm just mad at Ehak. <laughs> anyway you're number five no that was your number five no you didn't say any number five no i don't have a number my number five is uh jason tatum um he's probably number five right now um i think he's still improving but the four guys i have ahead of him on my list i think will still be better than him based on what like what he's got like he's just going to be a poor man's kd i would i would say is his like ceiling which is a very high ceiling. But for me, that's number five in the league in five years' time. He'll be... Um, he has to have a ring by then. If we're doing this podcast in five years' time, talking about Jason Tatum still ringless... Yeah, something's going to wrong there. Cut it there, right? <laughs> we'll never talk um, about it again. My number five is... And I'm honestly surprised you didn't have this guy higher, is uh, Tyrese Halliburton. Um, yeah. I think kind of what you everything you've just alluded to but i just think he'll just he'll just get better he'll find ways to make like he's a great passer and he's a great team player but i think there's also a difference of finding and lebron's really good at it is finding like moments and games to make that perfect play that swings the game and that comes over time and i think you know tyrese i reckon he'll be that guy better roster um and you already see what they're doing now like he you know find a way to impact defensively more and yeah so that's why i've got him 
Yeah, I think like his that. yeah his thing is just improving his winning impact. Yeah, hard to put that into actions. It's more and that was more. It was kind of one of my hot take guys. Is getting you know. That's what I mean. Like he anywhere between four and seven for me. Um, when I first sort of went through it, like I, I had my top three, and then I was like Halliburton, and I was sort of looking at some of the other guys. I was like, oh, like nah, don't think he'll be better than Tatum. Like it will be close, but for me, I don't think so. Um, and then Wemby, I was like, Wemby has the highest ceiling, so let me yeah. get a bit hot there. Um, and then yeah, so my number four, the guy out of that sort of four man group that I sort of, you know balled into one um as sga um and I, I feel like he might have been the guy you were alluding to earlier you know as a first team only nba player last year which essentially makes him a top five guy but people are pretty hesitant to put him in a top 10 um he's probably sort of pictured as like the eighth best player at the moment but nothing to show for it never been to the playoffs yeah. um wait they have he has been to the playoffs and they met the playoffs in the bubble yeah, they did. Been yep, to the playoffs. Dennis, Hasn't been to Dennis the playoffs as the best player, though. Um, like Chris Paul was the best player on that OKC team. Was yeah, definitely the reason yeah, probably. Yeah. Not there. Um, yeah. But yeah, I could definitely see SGA making some very deep playoff runs over the next five years on that team. Um, and he's... Actually, no, I'll, I'll say it, don't worry. He's, and he's getting like 32 a game, so... yeah. If you're getting 32 a game, you're going to be a top five guy, especially on a winning team. So, yeah, yeah, that's, um, that's why I landed with him at four. My number four is, as you have said before, Jason Tatum. Yeah, um, yeah, I couldn't go too low with him. Just pretty much everything you've said. I don't really need to cover anything more with him. It's interesting. <laughs> I thought he might not be on your list, eh? Thought the bias might take over. <laughs> nah, no, I, I like Jason Tatum. I, yeah, I like Jason Tatum. So, yeah. No, he's an elite he's an elite player. It's just the winning. Yeah. You know they win a lot. It's just like the black cloud of losing four East uh three Eastern Conference finals and losing one finals. Yeah. It's just like you know, you have to eventually get something to show for it. Yeah. Yeah. Um number three, I've got Anthony Edwards. Um since you've said Giannis and Luca, I feel like he might be your number one. <laughs> um but it's, uh, he's got the fucking dog in him. He's an insane two-way player. Um, on this list, I think he's definitely the best two-way. He'll, if he's not the best two-way wing player in the league by then, I, I don't know. Somebody else has done something insane in their career. Um, he's, yeah, he's just he's got that dog, man. He's going to be the guy. And this Minnesota team has already taken leaps and bounds. Just with what year four and. Um, he's, I mean, he's made fucking Carl Towns get in the backseat of the car essentially, and he's somewhat agreed to it. So, just to get him to do that so far after four years, imagine what he'll do after nine. So, get on board if you're not already. I'm shocked. Well, that is that low. Um, <laughs> my number three is again somebody you've already referenced to is um, Shay. Yeah. Um, yeah, Shay. I, yeah, everything you've said about him. Um, but I just think I'll continue to he'll continue to just keep going as he is, and I reckon, like you said, they'll make deep playoff runs. It'll be a bit of a fumble if they can't keep the majority of this roster together. Yeah. So I'd expect them to 
be competing for rings. So I, that's why I kind of have him number three. I think the only way it falls apart is if the owners don't pay. But yeah. the fucking league, they must make so much money, especially with the um the expansion coming. They'll get paid there, so then they can just reinvest that into the team. It's like, don't fucking drop the ball here, eh? Yeah. Um, number two, I said he wasn't one. He's two. It's Luca. I just, yeah. For me, he's probably the third best player in the league right now. I, I just expect things to happen um, for him in Dallas. I, it's, it, you know, after a certain amount of time, I think they're already starting to realize it can't be so heliocentric. Um, and they've got to get some better teammates in for him. Having Kyrie in there really takes quite a lot off his shoulders as well. Um, Kyrie is obviously one of the best isolation players of all time. Um, and him just being available night to night has made such a difference for that team. They had a really good start to the year. They've sort of fallen off a bit. Uh, Luca got injured for a short period. Um, they've had other guys in and out, but yeah, they're five years down the line. They'll have, I really like some of the young guys like Lively. He's sort of fit into that role instantly. He'll just get bigger every year, get better at what he does. Um, Josh Green out of Australia. I think he's probably one of the more underrated players in the league. Um, yeah, I'd, I'd expect him sort of to take a big, big step. I thought it might have been this year. Um, it doesn't look like it's going to be this year, but I think he definitely has it in him. So, but that, yeah, for those guys, for that reason and that, like the way the roster's built with some of these younger guys, I think Luca's got a brighter future ahead. Yeah, fair. Um, my number two is somebody you had referenced to in like number eight, I believe, maybe. Booker. Um, yeah, Devin Booker. He's Sheesh. my number two. Um, I'm a massive, massive book fan, so obviously there's going to be some bias there. Yeah. Uh, reminds me a lot of Kobe, like a modern-day Kobe. I think that's why I love him. Um, but I just like rattle off some numbers for you. Like you talked about before in season tournament. Um, I mean, this year he's 27, eight and a half assists a game. So that's jumped up, uh, you know, almost four assists over his career average. And yeah. his turnovers have actually gone down for his career averages. So it shows some real maturity there. He's almost 50, 40, 90. Like he's 48% from the field, 40% from three. And he's 92% from free throw. Um. I know there's not a whole lot to say about him. I think kind of ever since Chris Paul came, he's shown him how to win. <clears throat> yeah, I and, think he's definitely he's got that winning gene in him. And as you referenced about Anthony Edwards, and it's a bit of a, a common theme in my top two, <laughs> is they've just got that dog in them. And yeah. I think he just, yeah. I reckon the only thing that would stop him from kind of remaining there is if he kind of falls off a cliff and they can't win or injuries. Yeah. He's just, and like he's he's only shooting five threes a game, I believe. And I think just kind of as he gets a bit older, and he's shown you know, fifty percent from three this year, fifty percent, sorry, not fifty percent, forty percent from three, shows he shoots at a pretty good clip. So if he just ups that as he gets a little bit older, um, yeah, I think the scoring kind of remain the same. Yeah, massively agree. To be fair, yeah, eight was he was some he was you know you know thought about players on the list he was definitely one of the first names i thought of but ended with him down at eight oh yeah see it could be a two i just don't i don't love 
shooting guards as much. I mean, and yeah. SGA and Booker are all on here, but yeah, those guys I, are all I feel on. like I'm really blanking. I don't know who your number one is. Oh, it's um, Giannis. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I think he's oh. the second best player in the league right now only because Jokic has won. Um, if Jokic I'm didn't exist, by Giannis, that, eh? Giannis would be one. I just think he's going to be so dominant. Like, he'll just continue his domination, you know? You're just not really a Giannis guy, though. No, I don't love Giannis. I just... Uh, I don't like watching Giannis. I just hate the way he's officiated. Um... Man, I'm shocked by this, eh? <laughs> I just think, yeah, he'd be my best bet for who's the best player in that in that time. Because you're just I, like, if he's still yeah. like chugging along, he'll be 30 and 13, you know? He's always going to be on a winning team. Like he sort of referenced to, I think he will move as well. I think he'll end up in a bigger market um, and he'll probably end up on a pretty good team. Like, he could so easily end up on like the Knicks with like Donovan Mitchell beside him. Or something like that, like Brunson yeah. there, like that'd be insane if those three ended up together. If, um, if he is 30 and 13, well, I mean, obviously not exactly that, but around that, yeah, in five years' time, that means he's going to be almost on like a a 10 year streak of averaging 30 and 12. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, I'm, I can't, I can't see that. Like, that's if that happens, that's not... fucking insane. It is funny, like I have him there, but for the same reason that you've just mentioned, I don't have him beat. Yeah, I just think Giannis is probably built better for it, and that's why. Yeah, I feel like I did really undervalue Giannis a bit. Um, like I know, yeah, maybe I should have gone Ant one. You're gonna sell me on Ant one here as well. <laughs> yeah, in my number one, um, my and this is a lot of bias. He's my favorite player in the league. I fucking love him. Off the court, he's got that character. He's Highly, really marketable, and just got that dog, and that's Anthony Edwards. Like, kind of a lot of the stuff you already talked about with him is it's third year in the league, and Minnesota have gone from like a bottom feeder team to I think they have the best record in the West. Yeah, entering Three today, five. they were number one. Best record in the West. Um, they win. Like, he's 30, 37% from three, which like that's pretty insane. 46 percent from the field, thirty seven percent from three. Um, twenty five a game, six rebounds, four assists. But I think as he just goes throughout, like I could see him getting closer to like that book kind of stats where he's like shooting wise. I mean, so like yeah. if his three point percentage is this good already, I reckon he could be real close to forty percent. I think as he develops his game, he he'll get better at getting to the rim and finishing through that contact. And I could easily see him being like a 50-40. Well, he probably won't be a 90 because the free throw's not there. But 50% from the field, 40% from three. I reckon he could be like a 33-point scorer, get the rebounds up, get the assists up a bit. Defensively, when he's locked in, he's a fucking menace. Like, he's probably one of the best defenders in the league. So, yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. I just yeah, like I'm like I touched on. I just find it hard for a two guard to be the best player in the league since Kobe. Nobody's really had that impact on the game. So, yeah, yeah, you have to do a lot at the two to be number one. I think it's easier for other guys to get there. But yeah, if that's anybody's true. doing it, if anybody's doing it, it's him. He's got that dog in him. Got that dog. Yeah. Uh, so, um, 
yeah, just for reference, my top 10 was at one, Giannis, then Luca, Anthony Edwards, SGA, Jason Tatum, Wimbanyama, Halliburton, Booker, Shingoon, and Evan Mobley. And my top 10 was Anthony Edwards, Devin Booker, Shea, Tatum, Tyrese Halliburton, Jokic, Luca, Giannis, Embiid, and then Shingoon. And that, that's who we think individually who will be the top 10 players entering the 28-29 season, so five years from now. Mm. Except for that ESPN. So, wait, so that rounds us out for the uh, basketball content of the podcast, and we're just going to cruise on in, or should I say rip into, um, just a couple of quizzes. Couple quizzes here. So, first one I have is no PowerPoint involved. Um, I've I've got a wee. It's called. It's just a one player, yes or no, and then there's bonus points available here. Um, it's, did they play together? So I've got I think 10, 10 pairs of players. Uh, what I need from you is just a, a yes or a no. Is did they play together? And then bonus points available. If you can name me the season. Um, all seasons they played together. Um, so yeah, just just a wee quick hitter. So first one is Bruce Brown and Marvin Bagley. Have they played together? Where did, Bruce, where did Bruce Brown come from when he went to, before he went to the Nuggets? I feel like he came from the East. Yeah, he did. So I'm. I, Oh, yes. Yes, they played together? No, they did not Damn, play one together. year early. You're thinking of the one Detroit year. game? Yeah, one year early, right? I think I think there might have actually been two seasons between them. Where did he go um, from Detroit? Th- he went to the Nuggets from Detroit. I thought he was only at the Nuggets for one year. Um, Fuck, I was going to say no as well. I'm pretty sure. Well, I had them down as a no. I did cross over, so <laughs> I'm sure I'm correct. Oh, he went to Brooklyn. No, ah, yes, 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 he did. Yeah. Two years at, two years at Brooklyn, so yeah, yeah, there was a reason. All right, number two. Um, there's a couple of Laker legends, Andrew Bynum and Adam Morrison. Did they play together? Adam Morrison, a real folklore yes. player. Yes, they did. Yeah. What season, though? Any of you Laker faithful will remember the legend Adam Morrison. Uh, 07 08? No, it was 09 10. A lot later than you would expect. Bro, I had a th- yeah. Ehaka, shut the championship, up. Championship, the championship um, season. I I was gonna say yeah. I was gonna say oh nine ten. I was like, nah. I feel like I just feel like Adam Morrison wasn't part of the championship team. That's yeah, so poor nah, by me. One hundred percent. He is a forgotten oh, member of that. Boy. I remember remember Morrison as a lot earlier of an Laker. Um, you anyway, know, number three. You know, hang on, real quick. This I need to trust my gut. My first take. I need to trust my first take. <laughs> Sort of same era here. Uh, Ron tested Trevor Ariza. No. Oh, hang on. They, they were involved in a trade one for one. I'm just saying no because they didn't play together for the Lakers. 
that was how Artest ended up at the Lakers. He was traded yeah. to Houston uh, from Houston for Ariza. You know what? I'm going to say no. Correct. It is no. Yeah, trust the gut. So you got two two points from four here. Um, number four here is Yaman and Argentinian legend Luis Scola. Yes. Yes. What year? Oh five oh six. Actually, they could have played together more than that. I'll just look look that up quickly. Um, it's not the year I had down. What year did you have down? Oh four oh five. Nah, it's 2008-2009. Oh, shit. Fuck, actually, no, you might be right. I might be too early on that. 05-06, Houston Rockets roster. Here we go. No, Louis Scholar wasn't on that team. Does it say when he joined? Um, Quickly, 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 quickly. I can try bringing it up here. I should be about to find him. Here he is. Looks like two years later, 0708. Yeah, 0708 was his NBA rookie year. Oh, shit. Um, no, really jumping up there. Here's one for you. Throwback to Kimbe Matumbo and Penny Hardaway. Now, I know. You know what? Yes. Yes is the answer, but there's no chance in how you can get the team. Was it not for the magic? No. Oh well, no, nah, I won't. I don't think I'll be able to get it then. I, I reckon you don't even know that these guys played for this team. That's how outrageous it is. Toronto. No, it's the 2003-2004 New York Knicks. Nah, had no clue. I knew. I I think I knew Matumbo played for the Knicks, but I didn't know Penny Hardaway played for them. Yeah, so Matumbo played one season for the Knicks. That was that year. Um, Penny sort of ended his career with Knicks um, post-injury. He got traded from Phoenix to New York. Um, he, he played 42 games for the Knicks his first year. He basically played a full season that first year, but half with the Knicks, half with Phoenix. Then he only played 37, then four, then retired. But then he came back for 16 games in the 07-08 season for the Heat for some reason. Man, did not know Penny lasted that long in the league. Yeah, well, his peak years was the injury happened in oh, uh, 2000, uh, yeah. the start of the 2000 season. So he only had seven years of peak basketball. Um, so you, you got that right. Small window there for that to be correct. But yeah, I thought I thought that was a funny one. I, I, I ended up on Matumbo. And sorry, played one year for the Knicks. I went on that team. I was like, fuck, who was here? And it was Penny Hardaway. I was like, there's no way you'll fucking know that. But yeah. I just thought they crossed paths and yeah. paths. Cross paths elsewhere. Yeah. Um, next one is Danilo Gallinari and Jamal Murray. Obviously, would have been done on the Nuggets as Murray's a one team player. Yeah, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say no. Uh, incorrect was yes, and um, Gallo Gallo was there for Murray's rookie year in sixteen seventeen. Huh. Um. Next one, couple big fellas here. 
Miles Turner and Roy Hibbert. No, surely not. It didn't. Roy Hibbert left the paces um, the year they drafted, the offseason before they drafted Miles Turner. Far out. So, yeah, there was oh, yeah. No, no time between them at all. They went Man, from I was there a few together. years. Damn. Yeah. Um, yeah, so right there. Next one up, Rajon Rondo and Dwayne Wade. Oh, yeah. For Chicago, right? Uh, yep. It was Chicago. Can you name the season, though? 14-15? No, 16-17. Oh, shit. Well, early. Yeah, Dwayne Wade only played one year of Chicago. Yeah, I was really early on there. Yeah, um, yeah interesting team that year. Jimmy Butler, Rondo. Yeah. Dwayne Wade. That's one that you sort of break out about 20 years, nobody will believe. Um, here we go. Number nine here, Carl Corver and... Carmelo Anthony. Where did Kyle Corr finish his career? Cavs, right? No. I can't. Fuck. Gun instinct, no. Yeah, correct. Never, I don't think Cole Cole need to play for the Knicks, right? No, I actually, I thought you know they'd both been to a few teams. I think they both played for six franchises, but they've never played for the same franchise. Twelve different franchises, or six different Man. franchises each. So yeah, um, I just thought maybe that when Mallow had that we stop at Atlanta, but didn't actually play. Could have been like a oh, yeah, true. We mind trick. Um, that actually brought me to a couple of Atlanta legends. But did they play together? Dennis Schroeder and Jeff Teague. Yes. They did. What was the year? Dennis Schroeder, that was the reason Dennis Schroeder left Atlanta because he wanted to be a starting point guard and Jeff Teague was starting ahead of him. Oh, he knows um, the Atlanta Hawks. In terms of the year, I don't really know. Let's go. Fourteen, fifteen. Yeah, nailed it on the head. Yes, sir. Well done. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that's the end of that. Um, out of a total of sixteen points, so ten yes nos in six uh, years, um, you went eight for ten on the yes nos. So nailed that. But you only got one of the dates correct. Um, yeah, it's tough. So nine of sixteen, you know, it's a it's a pass though. C's get degrees, eh? C's do get degrees. Um, I'll hold I'll hold my quiz for next week. All right, sounds good. I'll build a one for you. Yeah, it's a wee bit harder, you know, learning to do the wee two man quiz. Not as much back and forth, but hopefully be a bit quicker for the listeners. Yeah. Um, yeah. Part of the rebrand here we did talk about, we want to maybe keep this to 90 minutes. So if you have any feedback, if you've made it this far, 
Um, we know the purists will. The 16 of you out there who wear their top podcast for, we didn't actually touch on Spotify Wrapped. Um, no, we didn't. Maybe we will next week um, dive into that a little bit more. Um, hopefully, we got a bit more feedback on the two-man uh, cast, and then yeah, we might might dive into that just right off the rip. Um, so, yeah, thanks to everybody who had us at the top in their uh, Spotify um, Wrapped. We appreciate it. Um, yeah, and we'll be back back next week with uh, more certified, not certified. So that that will definitely be back next week, and there'll be a bit more sports talk, right? Thanks for being with us. Kakite.